Welcome back to the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Um, it's a Wednesday episode. Did you guys get to catch the presidential debate? Was that a debate? I don't even know if you can call it a debate. <laughs> was that a debate, y'all? <laughs> Let me know if that was a debate. Um, that 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 was by far, and I'm I haven't been alive that long. I'm only 18, but that was by far the worst debate. I seen presidential hopefuls or that was the worst debate I presidential debate I ever seen. I, I, I mean, that was that was crazy. That that was crazy. We, we won't have any interruptions like that today. I, I can trust and believe we won't have any interruptions like that. Boy, that was bad. Um, but let's shift our minds. Let's go into a, po- a more positive light. I'm going to brighten up your mood because I know you guys were perturbed um, due to that debate. So I'm going to brighten up the mood. I'm going to brighten up the mood for you guys. I'm going to brighten it up, okay? I'm going to brighten it up for y'all, okay? Episode the NBA Finals come on tonight. Wednesday episode. into it. I want to take some time to shout out the first time listeners. I want to take some time to shout out to the regular listeners. Um, the, the people that listen to this podcast regularly, shout out to you guys. Shout out to the first time listeners. Shout out if a friend, shout out to you if a friend told you about this podcast. Whatever. Um, shout out to all the DSPs that you guys are listening to or that you guys use to access this podcast. Shout out to that. But you already got, you guys know what I'm doing. You know where I'm going with this, right? Baltimore, Kansas City. The most anticipated regular season game of the year. Um, When the schedule first came out, everybody had this game circled on their calendar. It's a must watch. You know, we got the the previous MVPs of the league. The the last two MVPs of the league. We got Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP, and Lamar Jackson – Action Jackson, he, he's, a, he's absolutely electrifying to watch. Both players are a joy to watch. And you guys remember, right? This is the third time meeting up. Mahomes has won all three. Um, and in all three matchups, Mahomes is out. He, he's just outplayed Lamar Jackson, you know. And, I, and, 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 and before this episode, I was judging. I was like, am, uh, what, what am I going to do? Am I going to... Glorify and, how, and and tell you guys how great Patrick Mahomes is. Well, hmm, I've been doing that since last year. I've been doing that since the playoffs. 
I did that during the off season. I did that, you know, coming into the season. I did that after his week one win versus the Texans. Or I could have, you know, I'm going to come over here and say, you know, Lamar Jackson just got to get better. I'm going to do both. I'm going to do both. So first, Lamar. And, and before I even get into that, you guys remember, right? I don't know. But the regular listeners, the regular listeners that's been listening since last year. I did an episode last year um, throughout the NFL season. I did an episode and I asked the question. I posed the question. If you were to start a franchise, if you were to start a franchise and you had you had any option, you could you could pick any quarterback that's playing. You had the option at any quarterback. And I told you guys, would it be Mahomes or would it be Lamar? And I told you guys, I'm picking Patrick Mahomes all day, every day. And that's no slight to Lamar Jackson. Lamar, once again, in Lamar's 27 career games, he is, oh, when, when trailing, in, okay, in 27 career games for Lamar, he's trailed six times going into halftime. So six times in his 27-game career, he has trailed six times going into halftime. He's 0-6 in those games. And three of them have come against the Kansas City Chiefs. One of them came against the Chargers. Another one came against the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs, as you guys remember. And another one came last year against the Cleveland Browns. But three of them has come against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, you want another stat? Okay. John Harbaugh, one in four versus Andy Reid. One in four versus Andy Reid, right? He's lost three straight. Lamar has to learn how to play from behind. And going into this game, yes, I picked the Ravens. My pick was wrong. Um, and by the way, side note, my week three predictions went really well. I went 12-3-1. But as I was saying, Lamar has to get better playing from behind. And my thought was coming into this game, the Ravens will the Ravens had they have more to prove um, than the Chiefs, and I thought the Ravens would come out quick, aggressive. Uh, I thought they would I, th I thought they would be much more polished than what they were. I thought they would execute more than what they did. It didn't happen like that. First, first, and and I knew it. I could tell from the first possession of the game. The Ravens go up. Go, they go. They go down the field. They're running the ball pretty well, and then it's a second and three. It's a third and it's a second and three. They throw the ball. Huh. Third and three. They throw the ball again. So it's fourth and three, and I'm like, well, why didn't they just run the ball? That's how they got all the way down the field. And then from that possession on, 
It was Chiefs, nothing but Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. Without, with, with, without Devin DuVernay's kick return for a touchdown, that game is not even close at halftime. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's not even remotely close at halftime. The Ravens didn't score their first offensive touchdown until the fourth quarter. It took them the entire game to score their first offensive touchdown. Boy, oh boy, I don't know if that speaks to how good the Chiefs defense is or how just poorly, how poorly the Ravens offense played. How poorly the Ravens offense played. And and, and like I said, Lamar, he didn't play well. 97 passing yards is just not going to get it done. 9 for 20 uh, is just not going to get it done. A 45 completion percentage is just not going to get it done. But boy, Marquise Hollywood Brown has to do better. I mean, he, he, you, you got to help your quarterback out. Mark Andrews had a couple drops. That, that, that's just uncharacteristic of him. You got to help your quarterback out. Uh, the, the, the offensive line, you got to help your quarterback out. Defensively, defensively, the Chiefs just look quicker. The offense of the Chiefs and the speed that they have on offense, as far as Kansas City offense, the speed that they have, that they have it's just difficult for Baltimore to contain. Marcus Peters, he's a, he, he, he's, he's a guy that he's up and down. You either love him or you hate him because he's, he's such a gambler. He's such a gambler. He gambles so much. And sometimes it pays off. That's why he has a lot of interceptions. He's, he has a lot of career interceptions because he's a gambler. He's a big-time risk taker. But against Kansas City, uh, I don't know. You should be taking risk. I, the risk-taking, and Kansas City know that. Kansas City know. Kansas City knows. He was a, he was a former Chiefs. He was a, he, he was a former player, and they know he's a risk-taker. They know he will bite. And lo and behold, he bit. He bit a lot. He bit a lot on Monday night. Lamar has to be better, though. Lamar, Lamar has to be better. And, and, and at this point, early, I know it's early on in the season, but Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson, they're just on a different level. They're just on a different level. That's, I mean, they're playing the quarterback position at a different level right now. They're just playing at a different level. Mahomes this year so far, he has 900 yards, nine touchdowns, no interceptions, and a 67 completion percentage. Like I told you guys, after week one, after that Thursday night game, I told you guys, Mahomes looks surgical. Mahomes looks efficient. He went from gunslinger to efficient. And he still has that gunslinger-like characteristic but he's efficient with it. He's efficient with it. And that's something that Brett Favre had, he never, like, even the day that Brett Favre, even his last game, Brett Favre, he never quite got the efficiency part. Gunslinger, great quarterback, all-time great quarterback. 
But Brett Favre, he was never efficient. Mahomes, he has that gunslinger quality about himself. But now he's efficient. And what did I tell you guys after week one? After that Thursday night game, that Thursday night opener versus the Chiefs, I told you guys, Mahomes looks more efficient than, than ever. I told you guys, he looks surgical. He looks like a doctor because he was just shredding that defense up into parts. And that is what he did against the Baltimore Ravens on Monday night. And then you look at Russ Wilson numbers. He, he has 925 passing yards for 14 touchdowns, one interception, and a 76 completion percentage. These two guys are just playing football. They're playing the quarterback position like we've never seen before. And, Aaron, and by the way, by the way, Aaron Rodgers, I know I can be hard on him at times. Um, even though I give, I give Aaron Rodgers such great compliments. Some of you guys think I'm, I'm too hard on Aaron, but it's just the fact of the matter. Aaron Rodgers is playing some really good football as well. Aaron Rodgers is right there as well. Aaron Rodgers is right there as well. But Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson are just on a different level. They're playing the quarterback position at a different level. And I've heard, I heard, I heard some sports casters, some sports commentators, they compared Patrick Mahomes to Michael Jordan. Is he the Michael Jordan of football? He sure damn looks like it. <laughs> I mean, I heard Chris Broussard said it. Patrick Mahomes is Jordan-esque. I heard Peter King, Peter King, um, he's been covering the NFL for years and years. He's been covering the NFL. He's been covering the NFL longer than I've been living. He said he's the Michael Jordan of football. He sure damn looks like it. He sure damn looks like it. And Russell Wilson, I mean, he's the MVP right now. He's my front runner for the MVP right now. But Mahomes is just playing at a different level. And when I and when I look at that, when I look at the Chiefs on Monday Night Football, when I look when I looked at that game, when I was watching that game, and the way and just the way how like offensively, like Andy Reid, I'm just trying to I'm trying to imagine Andy Reid as a play caller. Because as a play caller with Andy Reid and Eric Benemy, I don't want I don't want to take anything away from Eric Benemy, uh, Eric Benemy, but I know when they're calling plays and when they're dialing up these plays, even on third and twelves, when I'm looking at Mahomes, when I'm looking at the Chiefs, it doesn't matter the yards to the, like the, like the distance or the yards to go. I don't care if it's third and 12 or third and 14, third and 10. It just seems like it's another play. It's another play. Andy Reid, he's coaching with no limitations because, quite frankly, doesn't have to. His quarterback is that good. He doesn't have to. So, like, when I'm watching Kansas City, especially on Monday night, especially on Monday night, I was looking at that game and I'm like, Andy Reid, he can call anything because his quarterback has no limitations. And when I look at Baltimore, when I look at Lamar, he's he's still great. Lamar's a great quarterback. I don't want I'm not gonna I'm not gonna just just dismiss how great he is. 
But he has limitations, and it's clear to see them. He can't play from behind. That's a problem. It's a huge problem. Um, it, it, and with Lamar, we got to recognize, Lamar's a great quarterback. But him not being able to play from behind is almost equivalent to Giannis not having a jump shot. Because with Lamar, he is so good. He, is, he can eat the clock with his, with his legs and his intermediate passing skills. He can eat the clock up as good as anybody. As any of like if, if Lamar has a 10-point lead, you can you can wrap it up. You can wrap it up. But if I'm trailing by 10 or two touchdowns, there there's probably six to eight quarterbacks that I want before I even get to Lamar Jackson. There's there's probably like eight guys that you can name that you would that you would want over Lamar because he can't play from behind. Um, throws outside of the boundary. It's it, it's it's a problem for him. He struggles with it. He struggles. He struggles with it majorly, big time. It's a big issue that um, I'm glad that they ran into it. I'm glad that they ran into this issue in week three, because you, you can't you you can't win Super Bowls like that. You have to be able to play from behind. And Lamar has sh- he has not shown he's. He's shown the the inability to do so. So I think that's huge. I, I think that's a big issue and a big target that he got. He got to get that monkey off his back. He cannot play from behind. When when trailing, Lamar's a different quarterback. When when he has the lead or when the ball game is close, that's a different story. He's a great quarterback. But trailing, you need to push the ball down the field. Throws need to be made outside of the boundary. I can probably name eight or nine quarterbacks I'll take before Lamar. And it's and it's the same. I think it's I think it's very equivalent to Giannis not having a jump shot. Simple as that. I think it's equivalent to Giannis not having a jump shot. And before I even move on about the Ravens thing, you know, I think his teammates could have did a better job better job of helping him out. Uh Marquise Hollywood Brown on the outside gotta be better. Uh Monk Andrews. In, in, in such a big game like that, you gotta ke- you gotta come down with some of those catches. Uh, he dropped a couple passes, but they gotta get over this kryptonite. And it's the Chiefs. Their kryptonite is the Kansas City Chiefs. Their kryptonite is Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. They gotta get over it. But let's shift to another team um, over the weekend uh, that I watch, and <laughs> this Cowboy team. the The Dallas Cowboys. A lot of I, I know Cowboy Nation. They they they, I, they listen to this podcast. Uh, uh, there's quite a few Cowboy fans that listen. And I just want to... So, first, like, you know how, I, like, on my predictions. Most of my predictions have been doing going well. By the way, my week three predictions, I went 12-3-1. But that's neither here nor there. But, um, <laughs> but, you know how... I was wrong about New England. I was wrong. Um, the Cam and Belichick thing, it's going to work. I came back last week and I said, that's going to work. And I was wrong on that prediction. But one prediction that I have gotten right so far is the Cowboys. Those predictions, have, they're looking pretty aligned. My predictions and the actual outcome and results, they're looking pretty aligned. Aligned. Um, week one, I said they'd lose to the Rams. Week two, I said they'd beat the Falcons. They shouldn't have done it, but they did. And then week three, 
They went to Seattle. They lost. It should, and quite frankly, it shouldn't have been that close. It's, it shouldn't have been that close. Seattle shouldn't have won by only seven. It shouldn't have been that close. But that's neither here nor there. All last year, the problem with the Cowboys was, hey, they beat up on the good. They beat up on the bad teams. They beat up on the Giants. They beat up on the Washington football team. They beat up on the Dolphins. They beat up on these bad teams. But when it was time to play actual competition, when it was time to play teams with winning with winning records, uh, let me let me think. I.e. the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, the Patriots, you know the Bills, the teams late down the stretch on their schedule. Green Bay, New Orleans, the teams that had winning records, the teams that were bona fide playoff teams. The Cowboys struggled with, quite frankly. They struggled. They struggled majorly. They struggled big time with these teams. Once again, this year, they, the Rams are two and one. Are two and one. The Rams look like a legit team. And the Seahawks are three and zero. Of course, they are a legit team. And once again, the Cowboys are struggling with good teams. I just have one concrete question. I have one serious question to ask, or one. It's not serious, but rhetorical. One rhetorical question. What is the difference between this year's Cowboys team and last year's Cowboys team? What is the difference? I wait. Because they're getting the same results. I think the only thing that's different about this year's team is Mike McCarthy. But... And he has a Super Bowl ring, but I don't know how much. I don't. I mean, I just don't know what he's bringing to the table. They're they're still falling behind in games. The Cowboys still have a tendency to come out slow and falling by, and, and getting behind by double digits. Then Dak has to throw for. He has to throw the ball so they can't run it. That he has to throw for a, a bunch of yards, and they try to come back and make a. They try to make a comeback, and it worked against the Atlanta Falcons, who, I mean, they're just, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, if you're a fan, I feel bad for you. I don't even know how you can still root for that team. But you can't do that against the good teams. You can't do that against the good teams. It's the same story. This is the same story. They got, they got so many playmakers on the outside. C.D. Lamb, Mari Cooper, uh, Mike, Michael Gallup, Ezekiel Elliott. Now, now it's another one, Cedric Wilson. They have all these pieces, all these electrifying players, but it's the same result. And like looking at the game on Sunday versus Seattle, they couldn't get a stop to save their life. The secondary had blown coverages. Uh, Tyler Lockett, three touchdown, three receiving touchdowns. DK Metcalf. Four catches, 110 yards with a touchdown. Should have been two touchdowns, but DK Metcalf, you know, he he, you know, he was he was slack, he was slacking, he was lacking. But I mean, this is just I mean, and then the defense, the defense is even worse than it was last year. The defense wasn't good that wasn't good last year. The, the defense wasn't good last year. It was it was an average defense. Couldn't get stops. It couldn't get it couldn't get valuable stops when it needed to. At the most opportune time, it couldn't get stops. Um, they had the fewest ter- forced turnovers, so they couldn't get stops, and they couldn't turn over the ball. This year, it's pretty much the same. It's just worse. Uh, I mean, to be honest, it's worse. Alden Smith, in the first three games of the Cowboys season, Alden Smith has been the best defensive player. And Demarcus Lawrence, who who since he's gotten paid in the last 19 games, 
in the last 19 games since Demarcus Lawrence has gotten paid, dating back all the way to last year. He has five sacks in the last 19 games. Five sacks. This you want you want to see, you want to know his stat line this year so far in three games? Zero sacks, zero tackles for loss, zero quarterback hits. I don't even know why they're paying Demarcus Lawrence at this point. Or I don't know why they're paying him $21 million. They're paying they're paying they're paying Demarcus Lawrence entirely too much money not to be getting pressure on the quarterback. And it, I, I don't know what's happening. I, I don't know if he has an injury. I don't know if he's the I, I don't know. But Demarcus Lawrence, since he's gotten paid, has he, he, he just hasn't come to play. He has five sacks in 19 games. That's just not going to get it done. Alden, like I said, Alden Smith has been their best player on defense. And that's no disrespect to Alden Smith. But Alden Smith, before this year, he hasn't played football in five years. And he's their best defensive player. Their secondary is young. And then the Cowboys, once again, I, I'm just, I've just been right on this team. If you're a Cowboy fan, listen to me. Listen to me. I've been so right about this team for the last two and a half years. Last year, I was right about this team. And now this year so far, with the end of October, well, I mean, with the end of September, going into October, excuse me. And I've been so right about this team. Everything that I have said about this team has come to fruition. Every single thing. I said, Dak is a good quarterback. I don't know if he's real. I don't, I don't know if he's a if he's a superstar quarterback. I don't know if he's in that upper echelon tier, but I think he's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. Dak, Dak has had good numbers. He's had he has good numbers. I mean, he has to a lot of those yards are kind of like garbage yards because his team is always trailing and they have to always throw the ball. But coming into this year, I said the Cowboys offensive line is not what it used to be. It is not what it used to be. And I and I didn't think I didn't think that offensive line was I don't I didn't think they were getting enough attention. I didn't think I didn't think their offensive line was getting enough attention because I said, hey, this offensive line is not what it used to be three, four years ago. No more you they lost a Hall of Fame center in Travis Frederick. Tyron Smith, Tyron Smith, he's a good left tackle. But he's he's no longer able to play 16 regular season games. He, he's often hurt and have neck or back issues. Lionel Collins, the right tackle, he's hurt. The only reliable offensive lineman that the Cowboys offensive lineman that the Cowboys have is Zach Martin. He, and he's one of the best right guards in football. But it's Zach Martin. And like I said. I, I, I questioned it last week. Even the Cowboys win. Even though that the cow, even though the Cowboys won, um, I last week in week two versus the Falcons, I, I I questioned. I said, "What is this team's identity? What's the Cowboys' identity? What is the identity? What do they do well? Because I, I don't know, but Zeke rushed for thirty-four yards. Dak threw for four hundred and seventy-two yards." They're, they're pass happy. They're very pass happy. But that's what I expected with Mike McCarthy. Look at Mike McCarthy's jobs. 
Look at his jobs. Look at his job in Green Bay. He had great quarterbacks. He had, he had Brett Favre. He had Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be past happy. And, 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 and you give Dak all of these weapons on the outside, of course they're going to throw the ball a lot. So I just wonder, what is the identity? But, but their defense might be, like the Cowboys' defense may be worse this year. They may lack an identity. Mike McCarthy may not be much of an upgrade from Jason Garrett. All of those things may be true. And, and I, I, I have talked about these things. I have predicted these things. But there's still hope. And the reason why it's still hope is first, the Cowboys play in the NFC East. Or, oh, my bad. Should I say NFC least? Um, they play, so the division they play in is, is horrible. This might be, this is the worst division I have ever seen in my life. In my 18 years of existence, this is the worst team I have seen. I mean, worst division I have seen in my life. And then I look at their next five games. Their next five games are all winnable. The Cleveland Browns this week. The New York Giants at home. Both of those games are at home. The Arizona Cardinals at home. Then you got to play Washington at Washington. And then you have to go to Philadelphia. But these next five games are all winnable games. They're all winnable games. The Cowboys could lose versus the Browns. Because, you know, let's just say, because the Browns, they know they have an identity. The Cowboys could lose versus the Browns. And they'll still be fine. They'll still be fine. They'll still be fine. The Cowboys could lose to the Rams. I mean, to the Browns. They'll still be fine. Their division is so bad. Their, their division is bad. The, 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 they can win this division at 7-9, literally. They can win this division at 8-8, eight eight, literally. So there is their hope. I have I, All of the things that I've said about the Cowboys have come to fruition. Not surprised. Um, I may be speaking very negative, negative, negatively towards the Cowboys or about the Cowboys. Not surprised, but... It's true. It's nothing but facts. I've been spilling nothing but facts. And then they still have hope. They still have a chance because their division is so bad. And in this part of their schedule, the whole month of October, the the whole month of October, the Cowboys could literally go undefeated in the month of October. The Cowboys can go literally undefeated in the month of October if they play their cards right. Because they got they got the they got their division foes, uh, New York who is pitiful, uh, Washington who they got a good defense, but offensively they can't do much. They're pitiful. Uh, Philadelphia they look pitiful at this point. So this is still a very winnable division. But let's shift gears to the NBA Finals, which is tonight: the Miami Heat versus the Los Angeles Lakers. First and foremost. Whoever you, whoever the anti-LeBron people are, or whoever the LeBron haters are, you you're starting to realize that you're running out of like excuses, like you're running out of arguments at this point. Um, you're you're just running out of arguments. First, I'm gonna give you guys my prediction for this series. I think the Lakers win in six games. I'm 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 close to saying five games. 
But I have so much respect for the Miami Heat um, and that organization and with Eric, the, the great coach that Eric Sprocher is, uh, Pat Riley and his culture, um, and, and, and just this Miami Heat team, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler leading it, um, crafty veterans like Goran Dragic, Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala, um, and then they're, they're, they're shooters. They have Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, young players like Bam Adebayo. I, I have enough respect for them and what they have done throughout the postseason, which has been a great postseason run. Uh, I don't want to diminish that in no shape or form. Um, but I, I'm a, I'm leaning. I'm I'm gonna say Lakers in six, but I'm really leaning towards Lakers in five. Um, and and you can look back at the course of NBA history. Usually, the team with the best two players win it all. Um, and you, you can just look at the best duos in league history. They usually win it all. Um, you can look at Jordan and Scotty. You can look at Kobe and Shaq. You can look at LeBron and D-Wade. You can look at Durant and Steph. You can look at Kareem and Magic. You can, it, there's a lot of examples of if you just, if you just have ultimately the two best players in the series, you usually, most times than not, you win. Now, I know that the Miami Heat and this team has been compared to the 2004 Pistons. I'm a, now, I, I, I disagree with that. Um, or, for, let, me, let me rephrase it. I, I've heard a lot of comparisons with the 2004 NBA Finals and compared to this NBA Finals, let me got, let me let me point out the concrete differences between the 2004 NBA Finals and this up and coming 2020 NBA Finals. In the 2004 NBA Finals, um, that team was uh, that Detroit Pistons team. The notable names such as Chauncey Billups, Tayshawn Prince, Richard Hamilton, Ben Wallace, Rashid Wallace. These guys were highly covenant players coming out of college. Miami, the Miami Heat, this Miami Heat team, some of their player, most of their players weren't. But like Tayshawn Prince, highly, highly covenant player coming out of college. Um, Richard Hamilton, highly covenant player coming into the NBA. Uh, ben Wallace, highly covenant player. Ben, ben Wallace, I mean, um, Rashid Wallace. He was the number three pick in his draft. The Heat don't have a player on their team that was the number three pick. So that is that is a concrete difference. Another concrete difference um, with this NBA Finals, that 2004 Laker team despised each other. God rest his soul, Kobe Bryant and Shaq. Um, Kobe Bryant, we all know at that time, like I said, God rest his soul, Kobe Bryant was dealing with his own issues with the Colorado incident um and then the Kobe and Shaq we already we all know um about that relationship and at that time how that relationship was so that that and if you compare it to the 2004 Lakers and the 2020 Lakers two different circumstances <laughs> Anthony Davis and LeBron James love each other at that moment, at that point in 2004, 
Kobe and Shaq hated each other. It was a that that team that that 2014 did not like each other. What is the one? What is the one thing that I continuously point out about this Laker team? Oh yeah, their chemistry. So they they have great camaraderie and chemistry. So that is those are the concrete differences with with this with this finals and that 2004 finals. Um, and and like I said, the piss those Pistons teams that that Pistons team that was like the only team in NBA history that didn't have a, like a, a a bona fide legitimate superstar like Chauncey like some of you guys may try to argue that Chauncey Billups was a super Chauncey Billups he wasn't a superstar he wasn't a bona fide superstar he just wasn't now he's a great player um he won finals MVP of that series but he just was not a bona fide superstar and usually that is the team that we point to being the all balled out all you know that that's a discourse from NBA history. You look at NBA history, all of the teams that have won a title have had a legit bona fide superstar. Just literally all of them, except that Pistons team, and that's why they're an outlier. They're they're, they're the Pistons are outliers for reasons, um, because stuff like that in NBA just doesn't happen um, very often. It's rare. So I don't think this Heat team, I, I, and like I said, I don't want to take anything away from this Heat team. I think they are they they have had a great, remarkable playoff run. Uh, I think they're well coached. Jimmy Butler has um, definitely beat the odds in just. I, and by the way, I never bought into the fact that Jimmy Butler was a bad teammate. I never bought into that that rumor. I never bought into that that narrative because I always I always look at the full context. Just look at those teams Jimmy Butler played for. The Chicago Bulls, have you seen that franchise? Okay. Um the Minnesota Timberwolves, have you seen that franchise? They traded away Andrew Wiggins and I'm not sure of the I'm not sure about the future of Carl Anthony Towns. And then you look at the Philadelphia the Philadelphia 76ers. Have you seen that franchise? They have Joel Embiid mess and drama. They're currently looking for a new coach, and they have Ben Simmons that still can't shoot a jump shot. So, and they call Jimmy Butler a bad teammate. I never bought into that narrative. I just look at the franchises that he played for. They were pretty awful. Um, but besides that point, the Heat, they're not going to be the 2004 Pistons. Let's, let's just get that out of the way. They're not the 2004 Pistons. Um, and I, I found that interesting because Chauncey Billups, he was talking about it and he was like, the reason, one of the reasons why we were able to win that series is because we knew that Kobe wanted to win finals MVP because prior Shaq had already won three finals MVPs and Kobe wanted a finals MVP. And Chauncey Billups said, we made it tough on Kobe because if we made it tough on Kobe, we knew he would force it. And that would just and that would just completely unravel the Lakers. And then that that's 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 one of the major reasons why um why the Pistons won that series. Also, Shaq wasn't 
fully 100% healthy. Shaq had was Shaq was supposed to have a foot surgery um and he he never got that foot surgery. So that, you know, that that played into it as well, but Pistons still won the finals. They still won that series. Um LeBron and Anthony Davis are hands down the best players in this series. And when those two are on the court either together or one of them was on the bench, they're going to ultimately be the best player on the floor at all times. So the Lakers at all times have the best, they have the best two players in the series. And all year, that is how the Lakers have been winning. They have been winning with elite defense, LeBron and Anthony Davis being LeBron and Anthony Davis. And, you know, whoever that third guy is, you know, whether it be Kuzma, Rondo, uh, Danny Green, KCP, Alice Caruso, Dwight Howard, whoever that third guy is, they've seen throughout the playoffs – they have seen to find whoever that third guy is, is a question mark, which is in some ways quite effective. That This is how the Lakers have been winning. The Lakers, mo- most times, you look at all their playoff series versus Portland, they had the two best players. Versus Houston, two best players. Versus uh, Denver, two best players. All year long, Anthony Davis and LeBron James have been two of the top five players in basketball all year long. And that is how the Lakers have been winning. Now, I'm going to tell you how Miami can steal a game. Um, for, for, and I must say, first, Miami, they can't play zone. Um, the, the Lakers are too long of a team for Miami to play zone. Um, because in a zone, I don't know if you guys know, but in a zone, it's much more difficult to rebound the basketball. What do the Lakers do well? Oh yeah, they rebound the basketball, and they they they're really and they're really good at second chance points. And if it come and if it just comes into a rebounding match, and the Lakers are just completely destroying Miami on on the glass and in second chance points, this series will be over in a in a in a in a hurry. So I think so. The Heat can't go to a zone. Another reason why the Heat can't go to a zone, LeBron James is just too smart of a facilitator. He's too smart of a basketball player to to, to not break a zone. So the Heat won't be able to go zone. They're going to have to play man-to-man defense or they're going to have to play man-to-man defense. Um, the Heat's going to have to catch – they're going to have to catch fire from, three, from the three-point line. And even though the Lakers – um, throughout the postseason, they have improved with their three-point shooting. We all know the Lakers' strength is not three-point shooting. We know one of their weaknesses have been three-point shooting. And if the Miami Heat can get Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero and Kelly Olenek and Jay Crowder and Andre, if those guys can hit threes and if Miami can can just heat up from the from from behind the three point line, that is how Miami is going to steal a game, or two. That that that's how they're going to do it because it's highly unlikely LeBron underperforms, uh, Anthony Davis underperforms. Those things are highly unlikely, but the Heat have gotten so they they've gotten far. 
They have done a they have they have had a great playoff run, but the Lakers are favorites. They're big time favorites. They should win this series. This is LeBron and Anthony Davis series to lose. This is LeBron's this is LeBron's and Anthony Davis series to lose. Um and in terms of game one tonight, I'm gonna take the Lakers by seven. I'm gonna say Lakers 104 to 97. 104 to 97. Um tonight in game one. I'm gonna take the Lakers. Um, even though the Lakers they won game one versus the Nuggets, but in the first two rounds, they lost game one. So it made so it, and by the way, if the Heat want to have a chance to win this series, they have to win game one. Like they, they have to win game one if they if they want to have a chance. Um, I think they'll come back and win game two, but I have the Lakers in game one. Uh, I, I, you know, I think LeBron, Le, LeBron's fully locked in. Anthony Davis is fully locked in. I think this team is fully locked in. I think the role players will come to play. I think this will be a very competitive game. It's gonna be it's gonna be a very competitive series, but the Lakers clearly have the edge. The Lakers clearly have the advantage, but I think they'll break away at the end, and I think they'll win by seven. So I have the Lakers. I have the Lakers winning by seven tonight. One hundred four to ninety seven. One hundred four to ninety seven. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with that. I I think LeBron could get close to a triple double tonight. I think Anthony Davis gets about 28, 29 points. I, I, you know, and I think LeBron, I think LeBron will win Finals MVP. I think LeBron will win his third. I think he'll win his fourth Finals MVP, and this would be LeBron's third Final MVP with three different teams. He's won three different teams. He's won three. If he wins this series and wins Finals MVP, nobody in basketball. History. Nobody in the history of the sport has ever won three titles with three different teams and three finals MVPs. That will be something to add to LeBron's resume that nobody has ever done. And quite frankly, it's pretty it's pretty hard to do. LeBron's taken five coaches. He's taken five different coaches to the NBA Finals. He took Mike Brown to the NBA Finals. David Blatt, Eric Sprostra, Tyron Lou, now Frank Vogel. Um, that's pretty remarkable. That, 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 that's pretty remarkable when you think of it. That is pretty remarkable. So I go with Lakers in six or five games. I, I'm leaning towards, I'm, I'm going to say six. Wouldn't surprise me if they did it in five games. Lakers in six. I got the Lakers tonight by seven points. I think LeBron is finals MVP. And um, let's shift gears to Doc Rivers and the Clippers mess. So the Clippers and um, Doc Rivers, they parted ways. And, and it, was, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't surprising to me, even though I did see a report a couple weeks ago um, say, excuse me, saying that Doc Rivers was going to retain, he's going to remain as the Clipper coach. Don't know what happened, but I did also see a report after the announcement was made about Doc Rivers and the Clippers' departure. I did see a report that said nothing that Paul George or Kawhi Leonard or any other player said 
was going to change Steve Ballmer's mind. So I, you know, I, I, you know, I Ballmer, I, I kind of, I kind of figured Ballmer, his goal for the last few years. I mean, hell, his goal since he's bought the team has been to win and separate this whole Laker and Clipper mess. He want because his his main goal is to build the Clippers up into a stronger brand. Um and he and he's hyper aggressive in his decision making. He is hype he I mean he is hyper aggressive in his decision making. But a lot of people are questioning whether or not the Doc Rivers departure or whether or not the Doc Rivers firing um was it was it justified. And I, you can say the players lost this series you can say Paul George has to play better. You can say Kawhi has to be more vocal and, and, you know, he has to display more leadership skills. Rightfully so. But Doc Rivers, he's been with the Clippers for seven seasons. You want to hear a stat that's interesting that I saw on social media? Um, and it was this. Frank Vogel has won as many playoff series as the Laker coach that Doc Rivers won with the Clippers in seven seasons. Doc Rivers won play. He won three playoff series. Frank Vogel won three playoff series in his one year with the Lakers this year. I think it was justified. I mean, because go back, go back, go back in the timeline and just think. The Clippers, when they fired Vinny Del Negro, and and that's that's his name, by the way. When they fired Vinny Del Negro, Vinny Del Negro, he won 56 regular season games. Vinny Del Negro, he got to the playoffs. His problem was he couldn't get out of the second round. So the Clippers hired Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers, championship coach, won a championship with, won a championship with Boston. He has he had a great resume with Boston. It did a pretty and Emmy and he did a pretty decent job with the magic, but with the Clippers, he was supposed to elevate the Clippers to that championship level. That would that that was the reason that they hired Doc Rivers. Vinny Del Negro couldn't get past the second round, and they hired Doc Rivers in hopes that he would take the next he would take the Clippers to the next level. And that's and, and that meaning conference finals and possibly NBA Finals. So you look at the teams here. He had he had those years with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. He couldn't get to the Conference Finals. And now he had this team with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and 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 no and, a, and you know some great role players. He couldn't even get to the Conference Finals. So it's like seven years. Like how much longer did we have to wait with Doc Rivers? And, and, and I think Doc, and, and mind you, I think Doc Rivers is a great coach. I think Doc Rivers is a great coach. But seven seasons, and you only have three playoff series wins, and you couldn't get to the conference finals, and you lo- And it, it, it would be one thing if the Clippers got to the conference, if they would have beat Denver, and the Clippers got to the conference finals, and they lost to the Lakers. In like seven games. Because it's like, okay, it's LeBron and AD. It's the Lakers. 
But they lost to they lo- they lost to the Denver Nuggets with Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. And in addition to that, they were up 3-1 in that series. They were up 3-1 in that series. So, uh, you know, when, when you look at the circumstances, the look at the context, yes, Kawhi, PG, they could have played better. The role players, Marcus Harrell, Lou Williams, they could have played better. But Doc Rivers, all throughout the year, we this team never jailed. Um, th- throughout COVID, throughout this bubble, the team never looked engaged, and they 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 looked disengaged, and they quit at times. Some of that is on the some of that is on the coaching. Some of that is coaching and culture. Some of that is coaching. You know, Paul. Some players think that Paul George was getting Kawhi Leonard treatment. That that's that's coaching and what you what you have installed within this culture. I so I don't know. I, I thought I think it's very much justified. I think the I think the I think you know him and the Doc Rivers and the Clippers the going their separate ways. I think it was much. I think it was much justified. Seven seasons, seven years. The goal when you got the job was to get this team and elevate this team past the second round. And not one time in your seven seasons, in your seven years as, a, as the Clipper coach, not one time did Doc Rivers get, uh, get this Clipper team to the, to the conference finals, at least the conference finals. I mean, some people, like think of it, some people, most people had the Clippers winning it all. The Clippers had, I mean, most people had the Clippers winning it all this year. They didn't even get past the second round versus the baby Nuggets. The Nuggets are young. They couldn't even get past the the second round versus the Denver Nuggets, and they had a 3-1 lead. I think it was much justified. If you ask me, I think it was much justified. But plus, Doc Rivers, he blew a 3-1 lead. When he was when he was coaching Orlando, he blew a three-one lead with the Clippers with Chris Paul, Blake Griffin versus the Houston Rockets, and he just and he threw and he blew a three-one lead versus the Denver Nuggets this year. So he's blown he in, in his Clippers in his Clipper tender, he's blown two three-one leads in the second round and has and never got to the conference finals. Like I said, if he was to lose in the conference finals. To LeBron and AD, if he was to lose in the NBA Finals to whoever it was, it would be a different story. Okay, but you fail to get to the Conference Finals, you, you uh, mm, I think was very much justified. Uh, I'm gonna give you guys my in, my quarterback grades the first three weeks. I'm gonna give you guys my quarterback grades. Um, I'm gonna tell you why. The, the the plethora of quarterbacks around the league is just amazing. We have so much talent at the quarterback position around the league. I'm gonna talk about that, and I'm gonna give you guys some quarterback grades. I'm gonna, I'm giving grades out to quarterbacks, um, to, to the quarterbacks you guys want to hear. I'm giving out grades. So I'm giving out quarterback grades today. This is the first time ever, um, in um. 
<laughs> in IKP history that I'm doing this, giving out quarterback grades. I usually break down quarterbacks. I usually give you guys some analysis on quarterbacks, and I usually have some hot takes on quarterbacks, but I, I don't give grades. Today, I'm giving grades, and I don't want to hold you guys long, but I'm giving grades. But I must say, there's so much quarterback talent around the league. Like, even the guys, you, like, even the guys, typical fans, like, you fans probably don't think Garner Minshew is that good, or you probably don't even watch him, but Garner Minshew, he's, he's pretty good. Garner Minshew's pretty good. Look at his numbers. Go, go look, I, and I know you guys probably think I'm crazy. Go look at Gardner Minshew's numbers. They're not bad. <clears throat> and he plays Jacksonville. And he has Jacksonville pretty competitive. We, we all, hey, everybody thought Jacksonville was going to be just the worst team in football. Every, I mean, everybody thought Jacksonville was going to be the worst team ever. They traded all their productive players. Nah, Gardner Minshew, he has them competitive. I, I, I kid you not. I'm not saying he's Mahomes talented. I'm not saying he's Aaron Rodgers talented, but he's pretty good. Like, and I look at Sam Donald's situation. Look at the quarterbacks. Look at the quarterbacks that are playing bad, but they're in bad situations as well. Like Sam Donald. Look at his situation. He's not playing the best right now. Um, he's he's not looking good at all. But his coach is Adam Gase. Every, do, we, we, like, we all remember what Ryan Tannehill looked like in Miami. He like a bum in Miami. Now, Ryan Tannehill is consistent. You know, he, 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 he's, 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 um, he can complete a lot of passes. He has a high completion percentage. He, he, he's leading the Titans in comebacks. Like, he's pretty good. He got the Titans to the AFC Championship game yesterday, last year. He's, he's not bad. So how, I just wonder how good of a coach Adam Gase is. But let's give out quarterback grades. Um, my first quarterback is Jared Goff. Um, so I have it on my screen. Jared Goff, he's played pretty well this year. Jared Goff has played pretty well this year. Um, he, he, he's top 10 in passing yards. Uh, I think Sean McVay definitely helps. I mean, the, the coaching of Sean McVay helps. He's coming because Sean McVay, he's just that good of a coach. But I like I like Jared Goff. He's top 10 in passing yards. He's top 10 in completion percentage. So he's accurate. He can stretch the field. Um, he's not as mobile as the as the like the superstar quarterbacks in the league, but he's pretty good. I'm gonna give Jared Goff a B plus. I'm gonna give Jared Goff a B plus. He has a two-on-one record. He plays in the toughest division in football. We'll see if he can get the Rams to the Super I mean, not the Super Bowl, but the playoffs. And get this. Jared Goff is first in yards per attempt. So it's, not, it's, it's no dink and dunk. No, Jared Goff is actually stretching the field. Um, the next quarterback, uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. <laughs> I mean, he, rece- he receives so much criticism. Um, like throughout the offseason, they did the top 100 list. He was on the top 100 list. A lot of us, a lot of us sportscasters did not like that. But Josh Allen, he's second in the league in passing yards. He's second in the league in passing touchdowns. Um, He's second in the league in passer rating. 
he's pretty damn good. <laughs> I mean, he's pretty damn good. Josh Allen is really, really good. He's very mobile. He, he is very mobile. He's tough to bring down. Now, I do think Sean McDermott, he's a great coach. And I think, I think he's helped Josh Allen development. I think, I think that's a big part of Josh Allen's development, Sean McDermott. But Josh Allen, he's playing some good football. And get this. The biggest, the biggest weakness of Josh Allen was his completion percentage or him not being accurate. Well, Josh Allen is top six in completion percentage. He has a 71 completion percentage. So he's completing, he's completing a high percentage of his passes. That's rare. I'm going to give Josh Allen an A-. minus. I'm going to give him an A-. minus. Um, he, he, he led a comeback um, this past week. Versus the Rams. So I, I, li- I like Josh Allen. Josh Allen's done a good job. I, I must say. He's done a good job um, with this Bills team. He has the Bills flying high. They're 3-0. I'm going to give Josh Allen an A-. minus. Um, Cam Newton. Uh, he doesn't have the crazy passing numbers. Um, he doesn't, you know, Cam, Cam doesn't have the crazy passing numbers. He never really had the crazy pass numbers, but I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Cam Newton, I'm going to give him a B plus. Um, he's 2-1. He has a 2-1 record. Um, and with, with New England, he fits. The, he, he finally had coaches and offensive coordinators that's playing to his strengths. Um, Josh McDaniels has been doing a really good job to playing to Cam Newton's strengths. And, and, and you, you can see it. He's winning football games. He seems motivated. He seems happy. He looks healthy. And as long as Cam Newton can stay healthy, I think the Patriots. Are, I think the Patriots can remain afloat. I'm gonna give Cam Newton a B plus. Um, yes, I, I, I must say I'm really impressed on how he's been playing these these first few weeks. I know it's only a small sample size, but New, with New England, it's consist. It's all about consistency. And efficiency and and Cam has definitely bought into that. So I'm a I'm gonna give Cam Newton a B plus. Um Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is next on my list. Aaron Rodgers, I'm gonna give him a A. I'm gonna give Aaron Rodgers a A. Um I'm I'm gonna give Aaron Rodgers a A. A A plus. Aaron is playing some good football. He's 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 top three in passing in passing touchdowns. He's top six in passing yards. Um, Aaron Aaron he can really do the damn thing. Aaron Rodgers is doing the damn thing. He's top three in passing rating and passer rating. Uh, I mean he's Aaron's playing some great football. Aaron, Aaron is playing some good football. I think I think finally this offensive line that he has. This is probably the best offensive line that he has had in, like, the last six years. I think this is the best offensive line he's had in the past six years. They're, 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 they're protecting him. He has a reliable run game but with Aaron Jones behind him. I think Matt, in a, in a strange way, I think him and Matt LaFleur, uh, I think they're building some chemistry. It seems like he's much more comfortable in this system with it being his second year in this system. I'm gonna give I, I, I'm gonna give Aaron Rodgers an A plus. He's adopted well. He's not giving up on plays like he has in the past. I'm gonna give him an A plus. I'm gonna give him an A plus. Um, next on my list, 
Baker Mayfield. <laughs> ah, Baker Mayfield, Baker, Baker, Baker. Okay, so I'm going to be real with y'all. Baker Mayfield's been playing good. Ba 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 Baker Mayfield has been playing good. Um, I'm, I'm going to be gracious. I'm going to also be... I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna give him a B. I'm gonna give him a B. I'm gonna give him a B minus. I'm gonna give Baker a B. Not a B minus. I'm gonna give him a B. Um, he he doesn't have the the the, the passing numbers. Um, Cleveland's very run heavy. But Baker, he's been playing well. He's been playing well. He's bought into the system. It seems like. The Browns are finally above 500, something that they haven't been for a very long time. Um, I'm going to give Baker the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to give him a B-. minus. Change that B to a B-. minus. You know, he doesn't have the numbers, but change that B to a B-. minus. I'm going to give Baker a B-. minus. A B a B minus for Baker. He's, he's playing really good football, though. He's playing some good football. He's not turning the ball over. He's he's you know he played well against Washington. He played well against Cincinnati. You know he he struggled against Baltimore, and that's why I gave him the B minus because he had that. I mean that was just bad against. He just looked he just, he looked horrible against Baltimore. I give him a B minus. Uh, Joe Burrow. I'm gonna give this kid a B. I'm gonna give Joe Burrow a B. He's been sacked the most times this year. So far, he, he's been sacked the most. He's been the most sacked quarterback so far this year. So that means his offensive line isn't that great. Um, his supporting cast isn't that great. Now, he, he, he's been defying the odds. He threw for 50 times last, year, I mean, uh, uh, last week against the Eagles. He threw 60 times versus the, uh, versus the Cleveland Browns. Bur I mean, Burrow, he's top 10 in passing yards. So he, he's, he's slinging the ball, he, and he's stretching the field. Burrow, he's, he's playing with very little limitations. Joe Burrow is playing with very little limitations. His, like I said, his supporting cast isn't the greatest, but he's getting the, he's getting the job done. He, he's getting the job. He, Joe, Joe Burrow's getting the job done. And for a rookie, I think for a rookie in his position, Playing with with probably the worst roster in football, or one of the oh one of the worst rosters in football, I I I, I I'm gonna give him props. I'm gonna give him a B, because I worried about how he would look, um, due to Cincinnati and the supporting cast. So I'm gonna say a B. He's playing some good football, but he's been the most sacked quarterback all year so far. He's been sacked 14 times. That's the most. Um, next, Carson Wentz. I like Carson Wentz. Y'all you, you, know I'm a fan of Carson Wentz. But I got to give him a, I gotta give him a, 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 a F. I got to give him an F. He's, he, he leads the league in picks. He's well, he's actually tied. He's tied for first in picks with Kirk Cousins. <clears throat> um. He's 29th in completion percentage. He's just having he, he, he's just not playing good football. Carson Wentz is just not playing good football. Now I know he you know he hasn't his offensive line is shaky. His offensive line is is it's not healthy. 
Uh, he got he got some receivers that's banged up, but that was the same predicament he faced last year, and he played well. So I gotta be fair. I'm gonna give Carson Wentz an F, and he hasn't won a game yet. He hasn't won a game yet. Carson, I gotta give Carson Wentz an F. He hasn't won a game. He hasn't won a game yet. They're supposed to be the Eagles. Mo, most people had the Eagles as a playoff team, and they're. they're they're at the bottom of the division. They're third in their division. He hasn't won a game yet. I got to give him an F. Um, next on my list, Russell Wilson. A+. Plus. Leads the league in passing rating. Leads the league in passing touchdowns. Um, he's, he's, he's fourth in passing yards. I, I mean, Russell's doing the damn thing. R- Russell's doing it. He's, he, he's number two in completion percentage. He's number three in QBR. I mean, Russell Wilson is just doing it all. He, 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 I mean, he's doing it all. He's doing Houdini. I think he's going to win MVP this year. Get this. Russell Wilson has the most touchdown passes in, 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 his first, in the first three games of, in, in, ever. He has the most touchdown passes ever in the, first three, in the first three games. Ever. Most touchdown passes ever. Plus, he's been sacked nine times already. He's been sacked nine times. So offensive line, not the greatest. Offensive line is not the greatest. But I'm going to give Russell Wilson an A+. Seattle's 3-0. Their defense has been bad, but he's been absolutely terrific. I'm going to give him an A+. Who is next on my list? Y'all scroll so I can see the next person on my list. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, A+. A plus. He's three and zero. Um, he, he he's three and zero. He's third in passing touchdowns. He's top five in passing yards. Um, it's Patrick Mahomes. And then he had the he had the great Monday night game. That I mean that Monday night game that was that was great. That was quarterbacking at its best. He's top six in passer rating. That was that was that was he played the quarterback position as well as you can play it. He's, he's, he's playing the quarterback. Him and Russell Wilson and, Ro- and Aaron Rodgers, those three are playing the quarterback position as well as you can play it. They're playing some really good football. So I give easy, easy A-plus for Patrick Mahomes. And then lastly, Ben Roethlisberger. I give him a B. I give him a B-plus. He's 3-0. He's top five in touchdown passes. Um, he looks pretty healthy. And that's one thing I was worried about with Roethlisberger. I was worried about how, the, how healthy he looks. I, I, I give him a B plus. I think Roethlisberger would be fine. Um, Pittsburgh is three and nine. Like I said, his team is undefeated. Now, granted, they had they, they, they've played some bad teams, but... I'm going to give him a B plus to start off the season. I think that's fair. Oh, that's not. That's not my last. I have three more. Okay. Tom Brady. I give him a B. He, had a, he, he, he didn't have a great game week one. Week two, week three, he played a little bit better. It, it seems like Tampa Bay, it seems like their offense is about to peak. It seems like it. It seems like they're about to get on one page, all on one page. We'll see. I give Brady a B. I give him a B. It's a shaky B. 
It's one of those 85, it's one of those 84%, 85%, yeah, yeah, I give him a B. Mm. Next, Drew Brees. Um, I'm going to give Drew Brees, I'm going to give Drew Brees a C, a C minus. I'm going to give Drew Brees a C minus. His arm doesn't look lively. He has not been able to stretch the field. And granted, he and granted, he, he doesn't have Michael Thomas. I give Drew Brees a C, not a C minus. I give him a C. He hasn't had Michael Thomas, but it's a lot of dinking and dunking. I give him a C. I, I know he's been putting up good numbers, but he's one and two in that it, versus Tampa Bay, he didn't look pretty good. He didn't look good versus Tampa Bay. Um, versus Oakland, he didn't look good at all versus Oakland. And then Green Bay, he looked a little better. So I give him a C. Uh, next person, next player, next quarterback, my last quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Um, oh, I have Lamar and then Dak. Lamar, I give him a B. I give him a B. I give I, I give Lamar a B right now. Um, Lamar, he had a bad game against Kansas City. He he struggled a little bit against Houston, not as much versus Kansas City, but bad game against Kansas City. Struggled a little bit against Houston. Had a great game against Cleveland. I give him a B. Uh, I, I'm not worried about Lamar. You know, I'm I'm not worried about him, but. I do think he has a real weakness, and that's playing from behind. But it, it, other than that, I like Lamar. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get super down on Lamar, but it's just the fact that it's just the truth of the matter. He, 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 he can't play from behind. He, can, he, he cannot play from behind. So I'm gonna give him a B. And then lastly, Dak Prescott. I give him a C plus. I give Dak a C plus. He's one and two, but he's been putting up good numbers. He's he's kept the Cowboys in games. He's kept the Cowboys in games. So I'm going to give him a C plus because he's kept the Cowboys in a lot of games. I'm going to give him a C plus. I'm going to give Dak Prescott a C plus. Um, he's putting up good. He's putting up great numbers. He, I mean, he's putting up he put he's putting up some great numbers. Dak is putting up some great numbers. He's 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 leading the league in passing yards. Um, he's 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 up there in passer rating. Dak is playing pretty well. I just think you're one. He 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 has a one and two record. His defense hasn't helped him out much, so I give him a C plus. And those are a few. Those are several of my quarterback grades. I gave you guys. I gave you guys quite a few quarterbacks. I know those are the quarterbacks that you guys would like to hear probably, but I gave you guys quite a few quarterbacks. I'm pretty comfortable with my grades though. So we got MLB baseball. The MLB playoffs has started. By the way, the Yankees, uh, Garrett Cole, he looked phenomenal. That is why you pay Garrett Cole. When you have a proven ace, that's why I give the Yankees a shot because like that's why I give the Yankees a shot to win the American League. Cause when you have a proven ace like Garrett Cole 
and he can come through in the clutch for you in the postseason. It's just, it, it, that, I mean, that, like, you can't put a price tag on that. That is, he was phenomenal yesterday. The Yankees won. Um, the Yankees, they're playing the Indians, the Cleveland Indians. Uh, yeah. I, so MLB playoffs have started. Uh, NBA finals start tonight. Week four, the NFL season starts tomorrow. Um, what is that game? What is that game? I need to see that game. I, I, I can give you guys a prediction for that game. Give me a second. I'm trying to pull it up. Okay. The Jets versus the Denver Broncos. I'm going to go with the Jets. I think. <clears throat> Nobody. I mean, for Denver, Denver struggles. Denver has been struggling. They've been struggling to put points on the board. I'm going to go with the Jets. Denver has too many injuries. Denver has way too many injuries. I'm going to go with the Jets. I don't love that game. I'm not even sure if I'm going to watch it. Whoever whoever win, whoever loses that game probably will have a number one pick. But I'm going to go with the Jets because they have their quarterback. <laughs> I don't know if that's fair. I, I, I'm going to go with the Jets because they have a healthy quarterback. The Denver Broncos have Jeff Driscoll. I'm a, yeah, I'm going to take the Jets. I'm going to take the Jets to win. Um, so I catch you guys on Saturday. Saturday, I'm going to give you guys my predictions and my top 10 teams. Of course, of course, of course, blah, blah, blah. Um, I catch you guys on Saturday on the next episode. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. It got a little, got a little drive right there at the end. Um, <laughs> but I catch you guys later. Always remember two choices, one decision. Reg- make sure you guys register, register, register to vote. And I catch you guys on Saturday. Deuce is gone.